And we are go. We are go. Good morning, Em. Good morning, Melissa. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. It's just another fine day today. It's still raining. Yep. <laughs> and it's AM. We usually it's record our podcasts in the evening. That's right. That's yeah. right. So this is why I will sort of come across a little bit bipolarish in that I'm actually a morning person. Yeah. And I'm actually an evening person. Well, actually, we discovered you weren't an evening no, person. You were a 10 till 3 person. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I peak between 10 and 3. That's right. And it's all downhill after that. Oh, funny. What are we talking about now? Today we are talking about managing ourselves when we're managing our children's misbehaviour. Ooh, okay. Mm. So is that suggesting then that our behaviours actually influence our child's behaviour? Yeah, but also they they just, you know, we can feel bad. And um, it's not necessarily productive. Mm. So the name I've given this one mm-hmm. is Soothe the Savage Beast. Yeah. Because I know I can feel like a savage beast <laughs> at times. usually around this time of the morning (laughs) it's a saturday morning you got me out of bed i know yeah bright and early yeah and i had a really badly made cup of tea Mm, that wasn't mine it wasn't you made me a good cup of tea the first one that my husband made me bad (laughs) and he should know better so i was feeling particularly like a savage beast Mm. yeah first thing but i'm good now i've had a cup of tea i've perked up i'm all right yeah i'll 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 peak though if i'm feeling this good now can you imagine what i'm going to be like when i peak at 10 that's right for those who don't know emma is a um she's a very particular tea person that's the understatement of a lifetime Mm. i actually give out to people that don't make me a cup of tea properly yeah, I, I talk to baristas about how to make a proper cup of she tea. She has been known, actually, to YouTube uh, her um, complaints about cups of tea. Yeah, um, yeah, guilty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't feel guilty. <laughs> Good. I know, it's great. So, uh, Melissa, what are we talking about? So, uh, what brought this topic up is really that idea that um, parenting is not easy. I mean, we all know that parenting is not easy, and certainly um, disciplining our children um, is not easy. When when we're feeling um, as though our children are not necessarily um, going along with our plans, then often it can bring up a lot of emotion in us. But it's not necessarily helpful to let that just run free. Mm. But you say their children are not necessarily going along with or plans. That's right. Do you think it's because sometimes our plans mm. that have to involve children are potentially a little bit unrealistic? They can be. And um, also because they're, they're not the child's plans, then, you know, we can often find that our children and we are at loggerheads. Absolutely. Mm. So how do you... How do you manage that in the situation where your plan is to go right, their plan is to go left, and they say, no, I'm not going right, I'm going left? Mm. Well, I, I mean, look, it's it's about picking your battles. So sometimes uh, it's going to be necessary that um, regardless of the fact that they might want to go off in one direction, we actually have to go here. Mm-hmm. So um, that's that's when the, the angst can often rise with us. But I, I guess really in terms of the emotion, it uh, when our emotion escalates, then that's often not the best way to encourage children along in the direction that we're, we're trying to get them to go. 
Okay, so that emotional escalation on our part Mm -hmm. isn't necessarily benefiting the whole situation. That's right, and for a couple of reasons. I guess one of the things to to think about, when we get emotionally aroused, what actually happens in our uh, our brain and body? You said aroused. 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 (laughs) You get emotionally aroused. Yes, aroused. (laughs) Different type of aroused. Damn it. But in terms of emotional arousal, and we talk about this many forms. Can you, you just, just change okay. that word, Brad? <laughs> Does sound like she's going on a different tangent. She oh, is. God, Melissa. guys, it's, it's in the morning. <laughs> different well, podcast. A- <laughs> morning glory. <laughs> different podcast, Melissa. This is the parenting one, remember? When we get emotionally elevated, how's that? <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. We'll have to do an adult-only podcast. That's right, exactly. And we'll have to do it outside of children's hours. (laughs) And for those who have morning children who are up early, this is actually PG time. Yeah. Oh, does that mean I have to mind my P's and Q's? You do have to mind your P's and Q's as well. I've already said, damn it. (laughs) Well, that's that's not the worst thing you've ever said. It's not. It's not. That's actually very mild. (laughs) Getting back, getting back to it. So when we, when we become emotionally elevated, what actually happens is that um, the adrenaline that uh, that actually uh, goes through our body, it, it pretty much switches the prefrontal cortex off. So the part of our brain that's responsible for reasonable judgments, for attention, concentration, you know, weighing up the costs and benefits, the, the stuff that really helps us make good decisions, that essentially switches off. And we basically, our brain's running with the emotional centers. So when we get really aroused, we're not necessarily going to be making good judgments. Oh, sorry, elevated. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So obviously as adults then, when we get emotionally elevated, mm-hmm. aroused, um, <laughs> when we get like emotionally elevated, we have hopefully by the stage that we've got to now being able to practice how to de-escalate that emotional stuff that's going on. Well, that's what we need to do. I mean, that takes a lot of practice and it's not always easy. I mean, I, I certainly put my hand up and there are times when I do things that I don't necessarily want to be doing with the kids, like I might yell at them and raise my voice. Uh, and it's not necessarily helpful because what happens then is that as we elevate or escalate our children tend to escalate with us and then we get into what's called an escalation trap mm-hmm. where we might um, find that none of us are actually behaving in a, in a beneficial manner and it just causes great deal of tension in the environment but what we do have to do is if we're going to get that prefrontal cortex switched back on we have to bring those uh, um, elevation levels down so you need to obviously practice coping me- mechanisms and mm-hmm strategies to be able to do that like you said before it's not something that actually comes naturally it's something that you need to practice you need to be able to practice those um so uh, some of the things we can do there's a couple of things we can do firstly just remember not to take it personally i mean when children are uh testing us and i I always like to use that sort of language because it's not um it's not always a manipulative it's not a manipulative type of thing but generally um when children are testing us it's going to be about either experiments for power so they're experimenting with their power which is totally appropriate mm-hmm. at that age or there's a skills deficit. at what age well when we talk we're talking about toddlers here yeah. so they're you know they're starting to learn what they can do and what they can't do what they can get away with what they can't get away with how they can actually impact other people's behavior mm-hmm. or influence other people's behavior so there's either experiments with power that are going on 
okay? Or it's a skills deficit. They don't know what to do or they don't know how to regulate their emotion or they don't know how to deal with certain situations. And as parents, our job is to teach them. Our job is to, to be able to get them understanding what is appropriate in different situations. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the whole role of parenting, really. Mm-hmm. And so to do that effectively, we need to be able to keep the emotion low. We need to be able to keep um, a, a pretty cool head and be able to make well-balanced decisions. So when the child is losing their shit mm-hmm. and it's game on, probably it's not very helpful if mum starts or dad starts flapping and you know starts emotionally winding up as well like in situations it's really difficult whenever for example in public whenever a child's having a meltdown in public for mum or dad not to you know start feeling that anxiety building up and that dread that something's like they're gonna blow um what in that instance let's say you know you're at the supermarket and you can see the child's actually winding up mm-hmm. what strategies can a parent use in that instance to help de-escalate or deflate the situation i think it's often to start with what you talk to yourself about so what are the thoughts you have about that behavior so um if your thoughts are oh god people are thinking i'm a bad parent this is really embarrassing then that's all that's going to do is contribute to Mm. your um emotional escalation uh, if we can even take a step back and like, look, this is a child, this is an experiment with power, uh, this isn't something I need to take personally, this is actually a pretty normal behaviour and that, that, that self-talk in itself can be really helpful, mm. gives you that emotional distance. Uh, the other thing that we can do is just start to focus on regulating our breathing. Mm-hmm. You know, three seconds in, three seconds out, take some deep breaths, count to 10, just some of those um, early um, uh, physiological things mm-hmm. that we can do to calm our system. Go and find your happy place in your head somewhere. Well, that can be pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, and the first things that happens when we start to to escalate in our emotions the one of the very first changes that happens with us is that we start to breathe more shallowly mm-hmm. okay it creates a um an imbalance between carbon dioxide and oxygen levels and so it's a early hyperventilation and that actually starts the cas- cascade of other anxiety symptoms in our body so that yeah, it starts to get that uh, adrenaline going through our system our heart rate increases etc but one of the things that can help to calm the system is to going going back and re-regulating that breathing to mm. slow the breathing down doesn't need to be deep breathing but just slowing the breathing down at that point can really start to bring those arousal levels down Mm. um for me whenever especially whenever kate was little my now what one littler my now nine-year-old um kate loved her, her tantrums in the shop's favorite spot as many kids do as toddlers um being in a small country town I felt like all eyes were on me, Mm -hmm. you know, and people knew at that stage who I was, you know, and they'd be like, oh, there's the good night nurse and there's her daughter. Let's see how she copes with this one. Well, were they actually Um, saying that or is that the thoughts? That that was the thoughts that were going in my head. So the way I would manage Kate's behaviours that, again, are perfectly normal behaviours was I used to 
pretend that she wasn't mine. I pretend that I was babysitting someone else's child. Mm -hmm. So if I was babysitting someone else's child, how would I act towards someone else's child and not mine? And that was the way, that was the only way that I could find to cope so that Mm. emotionally I wouldn't get wound up. Absolutely. So you're creating that emotional distance by what you tell yourself. Yeah, completely. Mm -hmm. So pretending that she wasn't mine meant Mm. that I had to act more appropriately. Mm. Absolutely. Whereas knowing that she was, it was, I would have emotionally, yeah, I would have engaged in it and I would have given it undue attention. Yeah, absolutely. It actually got to the stage where in the supermarkets, um, I was speaking to a friend about this just yesterday. Kate used to throw herself on the ground over in the bread section. And I would say, okay, well, while you're doing that, I'm just going to go and get the milk. <laughs> so I would walk off and go down to the milk section. And no sooner had I stopped at the milk section, than Kate had finished her tantrum up there, ran down to the milk section with me dropped on the floor and continued her tantrum on the floor. And I'd be like, okay, just going to go and get the eggs. And off I'd go. And it would continue until she realized that it's not paying off. There's no point. Yeah, it's not working for you. And as as we know, children do things like like adults do things that work for us. And if the intention of doing that behavior is to get a payoff and we don't reward that, then it's actually going to result in that behavior ceasing. It will eventually, eventually. But what will happen potentially in the meantime Might is escalate. you'll get that escalation. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, find that quite a lot actually with you know if you're trying to reduce, I call it unwanted behavior. Mm-hmm. I don't call it naughty or bad behavior. Yeah. It's unwanted behavior that often the strategies that you put in place you'll see an escalation in that unwanted behavior before you actually see it resolve absolutely that's right and um, that makes it even more important that we don't pay it off because if we do pay it off at those particular points in time all the child has learned is that okay i have to escalate to this level mm-hmm. before i actually get what i want exactly mm-hmm. so you could be making things worse yep. rather than better so i suppose it's really important then that you stick to your gun absolutely and look i'm going to suggest we do an entirely separate podcast on consistency and sticking to your guns because it's such a really really important topic um and i think it probably deserves a whole podcast in and of itself definitely because mm. consistency doesn't mean one hour yeah exactly exactly it means ever and the other the other point I wanted to sort of raise um, with this the the idea of managing ourselves emotionally the the other uh, potential consequence of not doing that is that we we start to rely on our own power uh, to influence the situation and when it comes to children might is not right if, if if we're teaching children that the strongest person the biggest person gets what they want through overpowering you, uh, that that they learn that you know essentially you have to be the bigger person, the stronger person, and that's the person who wins. Uh, so th- that probably starts tying with ideas about corporal punishment, and that's you know definitely an entire podcast of its mm-hmm. own. Uh, but it's how we're role modeling what uh, what actually gets uh, who wins in that situation. Could that be tied in with bullying? Uh, yeah. So I mean, if they're if we're role modeling that so when you're talking yeah. about might you're not talking about maybe might. no i'm talking you're about talking... might as in power yeah mm-hmm. yeah 
All right. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. You know, I, quite often I'll see parents bullying their child. Um, and when I say bullying, I mean using that might them. over them. Yep. Um, and often it's potentially because they were maybe bullied as a child and that has now become their parenting style. Or that could be a whole other podcast as well, couldn't it? Yeah, and it can be for a whole range of reasons, not necessarily just that. It just might be that that's the strategy that the parents have come to realise works for them Mm -hmm. or seems to work for them in the short term. But one day kids grow up, they, you know, we often see that the children uh, who have been exposed to that sort of um, way of discipline, that they realise when they're strong enough and when they're big enough, they'll often start to um, to challenge parents a little bit more as well. Mm. And certainly those teenage years are mm-hmm. are fun-filled enough. Yeah. I know I've now got a 13-year-old who is actually now taller than me, which wouldn't be hard because I'm like five foot two. Mm. I used to be five foot five and a half. I've actually shrunk. It happens. I know, but at, at 40. Gravity. <laughs> <laughs> at 40, I shouldn't be the shrinking yet. changes that happen. I'm going to go hang upside down somewhere for a while and stretch myself back out. Um, but yeah, those, especially those teenage years where I now have a teenage son mm. who is taller than me, mm. he is stronger than me, but. Yeah. I refuse to let him believe that he's taller and stronger. <laughs> well, and probably your disciplining strategy isn't one that's reliant on power. It's probably um, more at this age about negotiation yeah. and um, encouraging people to make appropriate decisions. Yeah, and I suppose taking responsibility for their actions. It's mm. something that I'm really, really firm with mm. in my house. And another example of that would be my now nine-year-old, lost her two school jackets. She lost both of them in the same week. She now no longer has a school jacket. So I said to her, or she says, oh, I want one of the new ones. So I think they were lost deliberately. I want one of the new ones. And I said, that's great. But you've lost two jackets in one week. So I will buy you a new one. But that means you don't have any pocket money until you've paid it off. Right. And in the same week, my son lost his school jacket. <laughs> so, somebody is out there, every, for all the listeners out there, somebody is walking around with three different jackets at the moment. That's it. All of them the right. <laughs> <laughs> but then the same thing is you take responsibility for your own actions. Cooper mm-hmm. hasn't had any pocket money for six weeks mm-hmm. until he pays for his $60 school jacket. Well, and if it comes back if we come back to the idea of skills deficits, then one of the things we want to do is to give children practice um, from a very early age at making good decisions. Mm-hmm. They're not going to learn to make good decisions unless they've had practice and mm-hmm. getting it wrong at times. So um, we want to um, generally encourage children um, not through power uh, but through um, consequences and learning uh, the logical consequences of um, certain decisions, what the outcomes are going to be. Uh, we want them to start to make good decisions on that basis. So how can we help, for example, a toddler um, realise that there's going to be a consequence for a particular behaviour? 
That's firstly, you can, um, and we'll talk about this um, too in, with, with clear instructions, et cetera, in different podcasts. But uh, firstly, we have to let them know what the consequences are going to be for their behavior, and then we have to consistently follow through. And the consequence needs to be immediate. Yep. So, Em, what's your takeaway from today? Um, for me, I think it's recognizing that that child's uh, toddler's behavior is actually really normal when it comes to challenging um, rules, challenging decisions and challenging events. Um, but being very aware that it is normal behavior and then managing your reactions to that can potentially escalate or de-escalate that situation. Mm-hmm. So um, what I would really like you to take away from today is firstly, don't take it personally. Okay. We want to be able to respond by keeping our emotions low and that our job as parents is to help the child build the necessary skills uh, to be able to function well in society and make good decisions. So really uh, reminding ourselves that when there is misbehavior going on, it's about experiments with power or skills deficits. And don't try and be the perfect parent. Is the one? Well, I'm pretty perfect. Okay. <laughs> just don't try and be like me. <laughs> There's only enough room for one of me in this world. Oh, um, I'm pretty perfect, but definitely not as a parent. Yeah. Yeah. It, nah, definitely <laughs> not. And I'm quite happy with that. That's great. No parent guilt here. <laughs> thank you melissa and again another great podcast i really enjoyed it well where can people find us they can find us under rocks (laughs) behind trees (laughs) jumping out at most inappropriate times that's it and they can also find us at www.thisbloomingchild.com.au and and on facebook this blooming child Mm -hmm.